Welcome to the We Fucking Love Startups podcast. I'm your host, Troy Hammond. And on today's episode, we're chatting with Bobby Lloyd. Bobby is the co-founder of Reusable, which I've used many times at Taste of Home, love that place, and has now co-founded a, a new company called Fussy. And while Fussy is quite a new product, it's quite a new startup, only three or four months old in, uh, in the market, I've been really impressed with Bobby's journey and I've been really impressed with Bobby's weekly updates, the, the weekly wrap he actually puts out on LinkedIn for anyone that's seen it. And it's caught my attention and I've become a bit of a fan. And so I wanted to get him on because I've enjoyed it and I felt emotionally connected to this product and I wanted to get him on and talk about it and hear the reusable journey and hear what Fussy's up to now. And so I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, I hope you are uh, sitting back, relaxing after you subscribed, ready to rock and roll and let's get to it. Thanks for tuning in to the We Fucking Love Startups podcast, brought to you by Talent Army. It's fucking good to get you on, man. I like really appreciate your weekly role, and I love the fucking emoji. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I heard something really funny just recently. Um, Emojis are dead. Really? Honestly, is this this, a Gen Z thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full Gen Z thing. Yeah, I was. I know it kind of blew my mind. I was like, I'm just getting the hang of them. (laughs) Yeah, welcome, welcome, bro. You get old fast with generations, like you know. Yeah, the laughing emoji that we weren't we weren't allowed to use that. Now we're not allowed to use any emoji. Yeah. I know, all of them, gone. Yeah. My daughter laughs at me all the fucking time. She's like, oh, Ted, you're such a, what does she call me? She calls me a baby boomer. And I'm like, I'm Gen X, dude. You know, <laughs> baby boomer, I'm Gen X. How old do you fucking think I am? Just hit right there, eh? Yeah. Yeah, 43, man. That's over the hill for a 14-year-old. And so. Yeah, I feel like an age at that age, yeah. So, no, emojis, that fucks everything that I do online. <laughs> yeah, so actually. Well, I, I, you're resonating with, with us, right? You're yeah. resonating with millennials and you're resonating with, with Gen X, right? What, what? which is a lot of the audience, it's just Gen Z. They're not really purchasing much at the moment, so it's kind true, of okay. True. Yeah, but they love that engagement though, right? That's yeah. A, yeah. Man, uh, actually I saw online that someone tried to get you to use a different emoji and you were like, nah, it just doesn't work as well or something. Yeah. What, what happened? Remind me about that. So that was actually quite funny. So Kieran um, at CJ, Obvious Brand, yeah. Brand Founders, yeah, so he, um, he, he was looking at using, oh, I forget which emoji it was. Oh. Because I'm using the weekly, I'm using a wrap, like a yeah. like a food item for the weekly wrap, right? Um, Which feels like pertinent, right? Yeah, it kind of fits. And, you yeah. know, I've been around food. I've got a you know start up in food, so so that kind of fits. And then what did it? What I forget the exact emoji he wanted, but yeah, I kind of responded. I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then he backtracked a few days later. He took a you know took a night on it. And he was like, actually. It fits. It's fine. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, he just needs to get into the Gen Z world and realize that that's all irrelevant now. Yeah, yeah. well, it's a hey, branding shout guy. To, shout out to CJ. I love CJ. He's such a good guy. Yeah, he is. CJ and I actually have worked in a startup together Did a you? long time ago. Wow. It's a topic for a not on a podcast or it's a whole – it's actually CJ's and I's podcast, I think, because it was – it's probably a whole Netflix documentary on how you shouldn't do a startup. I think I've said, I think I mentioned this before, haven't I, Jono? Like, so I can touch on it. Where, um, yeah, I I came up with the idea, brought a CTO co-founder in, who um, the quick highlights are started taking a little bit of drugs to stay up all night and code. That turned into him buying a lot of drugs on on the black. What was that? Um, the Silk website, Road. Silk Road. Yeah, yeah. Then cops raiding him. Um, wow. Yeah, getting arrested. 
um, getting divorced, marrying a prostitute, and then him and the prostitute went on a high-speed police chase to Auckland and him got arrested. And all this was happening all without my knowledge because I was moonlighting, you know, with my other job, yeah. not wanting to take a salary. So then I came into the business after we got investment and he wasn't there and I was like, hey, where is X and CJ and another person were like, oh, I don't know, man, but it's not been good here for the last couple of weeks. And I was like, fuck. So then I found all this out and then had to go like hat in hand to the investors and say, yeah, we're all going to dilute our shares and leave and this is what's happening and you need to know about it. And so, Wow, that's wild. That is its own podcast in itself and I really look forward to hearing <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just not sure. Like, yeah, how much I can connect dots and talk about the people involved there. But yes, I feel like it's a bit sensitive, I guess. Yeah, good fucking story. And oh, like, absolutely. man, I learned a lot on what not to fucking do. And, yeah. you know, not, yeah, don't, well, don't take drugs and buy, buy, buy drugs off Silk Road. Or maybe do take drugs, but don't don't get arrested by the police, whatever it is. But, and definitely don't go on a high-speed police chase with the, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's probably quite a good lesson on boundaries because I think a lot of us do that in – not to that extreme, obviously, but, you know, there are elements of your life that you try and expand, like work, be it work or, or be it play, either way, and you've got, like, it's always a balancing act. And I'm mm-hmm. at every age, I'm not finding any magic age number that's fixing it. Yeah. You've got to draw some important boundaries about it. And there's actually a really interesting, um, I, I learned this today, in fact, um, um, one of the... Uh, founders in a CEO circle that I'm part of, uh, he applied for YC, for Y Combinator, got, yeah. got, got to an interview stage. And he was saying it's really funny because, um, you know, the last four or five days he had uh, just thrown himself at work and it was burning him out, even that short period of time, but it was 24 seven trying yeah. to get the interview ready and everything. And then um, talking to him today, he was like, yeah, I've come to this real- realization that Actually, as founders, you've got to like adult harder, you know, like because we're doing really hard shit. Like mm. it's 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 some of the pressures on you and 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 some of the focus you need to to have to be successful means that you need to draw harder boundaries because you can just not stop. You can code all night, you know. Yeah. And then how do you code all night? You've got to find some way of doing it. And narcotics was that person's way. Yeah. But some of us, it's just. I don't know, heaps of coffees and then a big release at the end of the week or something. But it doesn't help, you know, you've got to really find these boundaries to make it a sustainable mm. way. It's 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 really basic stuff like eating right and exercising, but it's super important to do. Yeah, I like that. How do I adult harder? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah man. I remember like at the time thinking, well, you know, like, uh, you know, like I, I'm not like I've taken drugs in my lifetime, right? Like I'm not a... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Saint. Saint, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm definitely not a saint. <laughs> but, and so at the time I was like, yeah, you know, do what you need to do. You know, like if, mm. cause we're like, we're all trying to push it. I was on the Red Bull train, on the Red Bull train, right? And yeah. then, and then I noticed like a couple of times coming back and we'd work at his house or my house. I was like, okay, no, this is not a little bit now. This is getting a little bit. And I was like, you need to keep this under control. And he said, no, I got it, man. We're just going to get this release out and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I probably should have said something sooner. But, um, yeah. Yeah, capitalism, man. Yeah. <laughs> Drives people insane. Yeah, yeah, man. So how did yours start then? Not like that then? You didn't? No. So, so yeah, initially it was, oh, I mean, quite a beautiful story as to how I got into startups. Like, is, it, is it the real story or is it, is, it, is it the beautiful origin story that you've crafted now? Nah, um, I mean, um, maybe I'm shortening it a bit and sweetening it here and there. But yeah. but there's, um, the, I kind of, um, I get, it's quite a slow 
entrance into startups for me. Yeah. Um, the next one, so I've started two. Because um, I, I think I heard about you first with the bowls. Well, yeah, with the reusable yeah. bowls, yeah. Yeah, so we, we started Reusable, which um, started in uh, 2020. And I actually, I went to this in, in late 2019, I went to the sustainable fashion event. I mean, I'm quite into sustainability, quite into fashion. I'd, I'd been in Amsterdam for about a year. All of this stuff was happening around yeah. there. And I came and found a talk in New Zealand. You know, when you're consuming knowledge in one area and you yeah. just want to go to every talk, you want to go to every meetup. Yeah. So I was kind of on that train, just gathering knowledge. And I went to this um, fashion, uh, it was called uh, Fash Unstatement. It was um, a very Kiwi way to, to, to name something. It was <laughs> yeah. quite funny. Um, but I went along and I actually ran into um, a friend who introduced me to another friend who said, hey, you, you've been working in sustainability. At the time, I was a sustainability consultant and I was yeah. working a lot in hospitality, yeah. just working for myself. And then um, he said, oh, um, meet, meet Sarah Boer. She's She actually uh, pitched this idea at Climathon, which is a startup event, uh, like a hackathon for climate ideas. Yeah. And they won a bunch of money, like, you know, four grand or something, but their idea was good enough to win. Um, I think you guys will get along. And then it was great because um, it's so serendipitous. I got my phone out, I spoke to Sarah, and then I got my phone out and showed her um, the list of business ideas that I'd been writing down. And one of them was a reusable packaging system. And she had literally pitched it, you know, three weeks before and won a bunch of money. Um, so a few coffees later and we're working together, you know, after yeah. hours and, and we're building it up slowly. Um, and over time we, yeah, we brought it to market and we worked together and it was, um, it was this really cool journey of going into it both from, different aspects like yeah. i had a different idea for what it actually became what, and what so did she so she she had been working in branding and marketing and advertising mm -hmm. all through the us and then she'd been doing a lot of copywriting in new zealand yep. um, and at the time was kind of doing some contracted copywriting uh, but her and i both basically uh, worked on it at night for a few months then yep. we got into an accelerator at creative hq yeah and um, it was kind of crunch time we were like well do we commit do we not? Mm -hmm. um, and and we had another co-founder there, Maureen, who was uh, the designer. She had a full-time job and wasn't quite ready to commit full-time. She was at Optimal, wasn't she? She was at Optimal Workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it was Maureen, Sarah, myself. Um, and yeah, I, I, it kind of um, worked out that Sarah and, Sarah and I would, would enter our Creative HQ into the Accelerator program and Maureen would drop right back. So yeah. she didn't have any hours to give and she was on a different career path so so and that was cool right she she was there at the start and contributed yeah. that part and you know some of these things don't last you, too long were you able to have an like we did you adult hard enough there to have an adult conversation about you know like all right this is what's going to happen now if you're going to drop back and we're going to have to do this and this is how it affects the company like did that happen oh so not we didn't have conversations uh how can i reword that yeah we probably didn't adult hard enough. We thought we were adulting, right? Yeah. We got in and we said, here's a share vesting program. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we actually had the conversations that um, that eventuated. Um, mm. so, 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 so I guess um, what actually transpired was um, – I'll restart all that. Yeah, yeah go for it, man. <laughs> I guess like what I'm trying to like say – so if I frame this question to you, right, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. what I'm trying to say is that 
I deal with so many startups that like they jump all in together, right? And then yeah. evidently, right, like so in this case, you, Marine, you said had to pull back a little bit, right? And yeah. then two people have to go a bit forward, and I'm always yeah. like, all right, like, like before we do all of that, right? Like, just let's just put some shareholder agreements in place that talk yeah. about, you know, like if someone's yeah. going to leave, this is what's going to happen, and the likes. And yeah. so I'm trying to get earlier stage people to adult harder, and you know, like the legal elements, the totally. conversations that you can have up front to so that everyone's on the bus. And so did that happen with like, yeah. Reusable? So it happened too late. Yeah. And then also um, we didn't have enough of the conversation. So we only had part of it. Yeah. So, um, and I can compare this directly to my current co-founder, Greg, uh, Greg Lowe. So he was an ex-lawyer and he adults very hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they lawyers be lawyer and right? Honestly. And I am so thankful, right? That, yeah. You know, we sat down and we've had some very serious and in-depth conversations. And most of the time, it's not about, you know, the terms of the agreement. They come afterwards. Yeah. It's about what do you want from your life right now in three years and five years? How is this and how am I going to yeah. fit in that? Yeah. And how do we ensure that we can build a business that, you know, that that is going to fit your lifestyle and what you want to achieve in that period of time? Yeah. And, and I mean, before you even write terms, sometimes you find out that these people don't want the same things as you, so the business was never going to succeed in the way that you think it might. Mm. So it's, yeah, so with Reusable, we at all, you know, things weren't working as well as the team and the and the product didn't really find product market fit. And, and there were these elements that were, um, you know, uh, I guess there was blame that, that was being fired everywhere. Yeah. And it was quite an unhealthy situation. We all we all are really great friends still and, and we were then as well, which made it even harder, you know. You're, yeah. you're trying to not piss someone off, but, um, but the business is suffering, so is your relationships. And then you're getting home and venting to your partner or your friends about it. And what... It all came to a head at this one point and we needed a mediated meeting around mm. um, with, with one of our coaches, actually, Michelle McCarthy, um, at the time about, um, you know, what do you want? What do you actually want? And, and what's wrong? Why, why is it not working right now? And it just felt like we were all running in different directions. Yeah. And letting that all out helped out so much. And then we wrote terms down and then we all agreed on it and we adjusted shareholdings accordingly and... And oh, it felt like such a relief. And then we could just run. You know, yeah. we, we knew where we were going. So I was like, oh, okay, good. We can we can take off now. And that's why I wanted to stop it there and ask you particularly about that, right? Because that's something that I'm really passionate about is that um, – so I'm like case in point, right? I'm these one of these fucking idiot like serial entrepreneurs that I love the start of something. I'm the idea guy. Usually I have, I'm, I bring the idea to a group of people and I'm like, let's build this. And then we build it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go on the next thing. You know, and so yeah. like I, and so I'm very conscious of like, hey, um, like even though I may bring the idea, I'm not going to be able to play that role down the path. So we need to figure that out and have that conversation from day one because yeah. I don't want you to then go six months time like, what the fuck are you, Troy? What are you doing? You know, what's happened? And I've seen it happen with so many early stage startups where they've just, the business has imploded because they didn't have some awkward conversations up front and then mm. off the back of those awkward conversations, drop the right terms and shareholder agreements and yeah. share offerings. And so I think that you talking about that's going to help a lot of people to go out there and go, oh, <gasps> Yeah, let's do it right now. I hope so. And I mean, it's it seems like a boring conversation to have. Like, hey, if you die, what yeah. what's going to happen to your shares? Um, uh, you know, are they going to be? Uh, you know, are they up for offer to the rest of the company as yeah. first right of refusal? Uh, is your partner going to get them? Who has no expertise or idea in the in the area that you're in? Yeah. Uh, you know, all these types of 
conversations need to be had. Uh, I mean, Hash, hashtag key person insurance. Yeah. Right? Hashtag <laughs> yeah. If, if an insurance company, that, there's a guy chasing me at the moment for key man insurance, yeah. right? And I, like he emails me weekly. We've already got it. I can't remember his name. If he wants to sponsor this podcast, because that is really important, especially if you get fucked up by a truck, you uh, know, like, you know, yeah. like you, you want to know that the business is going to be able to go. They want to, the business wants to know that, you know, where my shares are going and, you know. Oh, completely. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's nothing more important than some of those conversations that avoid so much awkwardness down the line. And yeah, as I say, like having those just it just brings out some of these emotions. People get weird around money, and if you have it early, it's really yeah. it, it just sets the sets the tone, sets the boundary. Hey, stuff can change too. Yeah, life changes a lot. We, Greg, now my co-founder, now we review our stuff every six months. Hey, do do you still feel the same about this? You know, are we still? I mean, we're changing all the time. We're currently you know, reviewing a lot of our approach to how we price and all the stuff and it changes the fundamental product. Yeah. So so um, we need to review what that means for our five, ten year goals as yeah. business and people. It's yeah, it's 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 important to revisit. Cool man. So let's get you back to where before I cut you off to go on a bit of a mission statement about why people should <laughs> have founder conversations. So yes. you so Marine steps back a little bit you two run a bit faster. Yeah. You're in Creative HQ. Yeah. And so talk through what happens then. Yeah. So so we're in Creative HQ. We joined that incubator program, which is six months. Um, it's over COVID period. Yeah. So uh, we are an in-person takeaway um, business who had a pre-launch, right? <laughs> so we can't do much trialing. Um, I As soon as um, lockdown ended and the uh, Saturday market or the Sunday market opened in Wellington, um, we got down there with some random blue bowls that we brought from Noel Leamings and uh, brought from um, Briscoe's and yeah. just gave it a go. Yeah. So so the idea for Reusable was uh, a bowl borrowing network where people could lease or, or pay a deposit yeah. for a container and then bring it back and 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 the the restaurant would pay a, a subscription to be part of that. So we'd have recurring revenue from that and then yeah. and then would make essentially no money from the from the bowl besides the first kind of sale. Yeah. Um and then that would just keep the bowls in perpetuity. Uh Sarah and I ran towards that pretty hard. We were both really passionate. I've actually got um some of our passion, I think, blinded us at times as well, which is quite an interesting, interesting yeah. thing, which maybe we'll touch on later. But, but um, Sarah and I ran pretty hard at that. We tested it. We, um, we then went away and designed some purpose-built bowls after we got some good feedback. So we went to the markets. It worked out all right. You know, people were like, oh, yeah, we want to reduce waste. We probably had quite a good target market, right, as well. You people know, that are friends that are interested in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the market on Sunday in Wellington, it's like <laughs> you don't see any shoes in sight, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a pretty greeny um, yeah. kind of environment. So people are pretty receptive there, which was great, but it's also not reflective of whole society. So we probably should have done a little bit more testing. Yeah. Um, so then we're like, you what i think we've got this so we went out we designed some containers we found a material which is rice husk non-plastic um and then we went and um, spoke to some restaurants who got our first four involved we launched it with them who was uh, the first four uh so we had taste of home we had mr goes we had oh you know the fix and fog window you remember yeah, that yeah. they've actually closed now but that was amazing um and the last one was pickle and pie yeah so like we uh, I tasted home was like right across from my old office. Yeah. I used to eat there probably twice to three times a week. Yeah, I mean, I was using your bowl a lot. Yeah, I mean, they were they were our best performer by five hundred percent. 
They wow. was, they, I mean, they're perfect. They have this cult following of people that return, like Tro- you know, yeah. they have a thousand Troys yeah. that come back every week and and um, and ask them, please open longer and on the weekends too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of what I loved about doing this as well was meeting the owner operators. So Steve and Tina from there are amazing. You know, they work so hard, and you can you can taste the love in their hand pulled noodles. Yeah. Like it's 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 amazing. Um, so yeah, we we traveled those first four. It went okay. Taste of Home was really great. Yeah. Um, the rest of them were okay. Um, but I think this is where we started getting elements of that that we should have followed, that it didn't wasn't really going to work in, in in that model. Yeah. So we started um, we started on our on our hunt for product market fit because that wasn't it. Um, uh, we tried to push for a few more restaurants, and we thought maybe scale was the was the problem. Let's get it in a lot of play, pre, lot of places. Maybe price for the subscription wasn't the right price, so we trialed yeah. that a little bit. We improved the bowl. The bowl wasn't good enough, so we made that better. Uh, we, we tried so much, you know, and and uh, all these different models weren't working in that aspect. And we actually just figured out that New Zealand's not ready. I mean, yeah. our policy is quite far when, behind. When did you figure that out? What was that moment like? So it was all through twenty twenty one. Was um, Oh, it was a bit of a battle. Um, we were, yeah, twenty. It was pretty. Twenty twenty one in itself was a pretty hard year, but going through that year and trialing all these different types of of I guess um, models and figuring out that people just weren't weren't buying it. It was a slow burn, so it wasn't like one day we're like, yeah. oh, it's not working." You know, it was actually um, a slow realization, which I regret now. I regret not moving acting failing faster fast. yeah, yeah not yeah. failing faster because it meant we were trying to kind of flog the dead horse for a while yeah um but then when we did realize which was about the time sarah was leaving and about the time i was quite ill and about the time i had to find another co-founder yeah uh, there was all this stuff happening in the middle of 2021 actually it was about on my birthday as well there was so much um that i um that we kind of everything came to a head and we thought you know what restaurants aren't the thing yeah, and so this is where Greg runs in, and how, how Sarah it, leaves. It was quite. How was your mental health then, man? Like, how was it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't great, but I didn't realize it wasn't great. Yeah. Um. So at that time, my partner advised me to go see a therapist, mm. and I'd done this previously. Um. Just you know, once or twice, I'd spoken to counsellors and stuff. I've got a. a, a uh, ulcerative colitis, which is a bowel disease. Yeah. And I'd been misdiagnosed you know, when I was quite young. And then it kept on affecting me. And I went back and got diagnosed again. And they were like, oh, okay, well, you've got this serious disease that you should have been medicated for for 10 years. And we we missed it. So I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, but then I came to Wellington. I got great care. I, yeah. I had a bit of a, um, um, I had uh, a flare up is what they call it. So my whole body inflamed and I lost heaps of weight and it was quite gnarly and I was also super stressed with work yeah. so that's that's really the contributing factor which got me there so at the time um, I was asked to make a decision about my health it was um, it was have your bowel removed and have a colostomy bag and then you might get a reversal surgery which is where you connect it together minus a large bowel basically not too bad. People it completely eliminates the disease, yeah. right? Um, or chemotherapy to delete the immune system to then restart it, um, hopefully with no more disease. Yeah. Um, so that that mostly works as well, but very very tough on people. 
Um, and the last one, which worked, um, which is um, a, a, a biologic um, treatment. So I get infusions every six weeks of a synthesized rat protein, which is quite interesting in itself, but um, I get that every six weeks and it basically sets me back up. So uh, my immune system gets back to normal, I can process foods normally, and it feels like I get leveled up in energy every six weeks, which is oh, pretty wow. amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going through this all at that time, trying to decide which of those three I should choose. Companies struggling. Companies struggling. Co-founders left. Co-founders left. It's Fuck. winter. It yeah. was like a serious situation. So Happy my, so my pa- <laughs> Yeah, by myself in this dark, cold flat in Lyle Bay. Did you have a stack of bowls that you couldn't yeah. sell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a stack. We had like 40-foot container full of balls that I couldn't oh, sell. Oh, fuck, bro. I'll take a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh, it was, it was yeah, But it that was shit grim. defines you, man. Oh, dude. They're, they're like the – so, yeah. Oh, you're saying, um, you know, the, oh, I was talking to a therapist. So my yeah. partner um, advised that I go speak to a therapist. She was yeah, like, look. I'm a massive fan of therapy. Yeah. I, she was I see like, one a lot. Yeah, they're great. I mean, uh, yeah, it's – she was like, "Look, you've got a tough decision to make, right? Mm. You, 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 you don't. You put a brave face on all the time. You're very good at that. You're good at, you know, being independent and doing all that. But not only are you going to suffer later, but I'm going to suffer as well, and so are all your friends." Yeah. And when she said that, I was like, "Shit," you know, okay. and, my, and my family and my friends, and that was like the biggest part because I was like, "I can deal with myself. I can handle that." But it was just them, and it was just being me being an irritated person 90 percent of the time is no good for anyone yeah. um so then i saw a therapist i got through that greg walked past like a unicorn that i had to capture how did that how did you capture him how did you pokemon him so oh so far, i don't i think he likes torture eh? because i was talking to him about this failing of the business well not the failing sorry the the departure of sarah me about to be by myself and then you know, struggling through the product market fit phases you, of business. Did you tell him the health issues as well just to suck him in? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was full pity play, right? Yeah, full yeah. pity play. And, and you know, um, he's over there at Treasury being an amazing lawyer um, uh, and uh, he was previously a banking and finance lawyer as well. He's got this incredible um, uh, experience and I was telling him all about it and, you know, not thinking that Greg's going to, be interested he's just a mate you know mm. and then if about a week later he's like hey um i'm trying not to overthink this but i'm actually really interested in joining you at Roosevelt. do you reckon i could replace sarah let's have a conversation about it one of the best texts i've ever received like it was so great and then over so over the next kind of month two months about yeah about six weeks uh we kind of slowly onboarded him and offboarded sarah yeah and then and then Greg and I, as soon as he got in, I was like, okay, so um, we're changing the business model. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was honestly week one. Um, it was crazy. And he was into it. He was really into it. And he, and he rolled with it and he took it. And, and they're like, I mean, we, we haven't stopped since, uh, which has been amazing. So we're, we're a great team. But Can we just put a pin in that for me to say yeah. that out of all the origin stories I've heard, this has been my favorite so far. Oh. <laughs> this is like... Warts and all, this is what happened, and it was fucking a man. Like, but there's been so many lessons in that, man, and oh. there's been it. It's just a fucking really fun, authentic story, so mm. thank you. And I'm taking the pen back out. So you and Greg get together after this text. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. Um, 
Yeah, so so I get this text from Greg, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And I kind of talk to my partner. I'm like, do you think he's being serious? You know, she knows Greg really well. She she actually introduced Greg and me. You know, mm. as, and they were friends. So we um, and I'm like, oh, I mean, he's an incredible guy, but like, will he even be interested in stuff? He's a lawyer, you know. That's, that's these people like, you know, they 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 talk about risk every day. You know, mm. risk is their thing, and. We do stuff that's not very legal, you know. A lot of startups trade insolvently for like most of their life. Yeah, we haven't and, got any side paper for that. Yeah. Man. We're, we're running hashtag like like hustle culture, right? All that, you know. And there's you know, and 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 to take sometimes to take big risks or well, not big risks, but to to validate a point, right? You you do a little test, yeah. And and um and and everything we've done has been compliant, by the way, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you know, to 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 build fast and to find out information and to go interview people and figure out this and that and that, you know, there's like there's all these different, um, you know, there's the there's the big corp way of doing it because they've got massive risk. Yeah, we don't have that much risk. So like the 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 kind of hard and fast way of doing it, I thought may not align with with him as a person. And then he, you drop that you're changing everything. And then I drop that he gets in. We're changing everything, and he's like. How do you pitch that to someone that's just like, I, 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 if I'm a fire in the wall right now, yeah. how, how did the conversation go? I'd love to know. So it was actually... Um, did you make him sign any documents before? Because <laughs> that, that would be the full lawyer fucking like, yeah, fuck the lawyer move. <laughs> and now we're changing it. Yeah. yeah. So we actually... Oh, did we? No. I think it was about two weeks in. We, get, we, we had the onboarding slowly for about six weeks and then and then we had kind of two weeks working together to make sure that you know yep. there's been two months now you, you kind of get an idea you've been in the seat for a bit okay cool and then um and then uh, you know i'm kind of i get all of our our past numbers together and i'm like hey look at you know it's 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 going like this it should be hockey sticking um I don't know what's going wrong, kind of everything, but let's 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 just try some stuff. We haven't got too much on the line. Look, we've got a whole bunch of bowls. We've got some, you know, some interested corporates who are inquiring with us. Um, we've got people who want it. Like people kind of like this bowl, but like we just need to find who those people are and who are actually going to pay for it. Yeah. So then, um, so we put our heads together and 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 he was really keen. Yeah, he was he was really interested in 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 what this new journey would be. I think also um also because at that point it meant that it was him and me building yeah. this new piece together instead of it's, him joining an old model, you know? It's kind of like if you get a new girlfriend and partner or boyfriend or whatever and then you go, "Oh, well they can't move into this house that I've shared with my partner for the last 5 years. Maybe let's go and get a new house together and it's a new thing, right?" And so same sort of feeling. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Or it's like picking up a new hobby or, you know, there's something that yeah. you do with them together that only they understand and it's not you're not comparing it to a past yeah. of with this person or that that business or whatever. So yeah, we start going down this direction, and it works so much better. Um, we end up, you know, selling packages of bowls. So like, it's, we called it the bowl library. It was just reusable packaging um, that would sit up in their office, and staff would use it. Uh, we realised that that people weren't using it around town because um, uh, because they didn't want to pay money. They didn't want to pay mm. ten bucks for something they never had to pay for before. So that decision to buy packaging didn't exist. And and honestly, I don't really think it should exist now. Um, mm. You shouldn't inter, you know inconvenience the 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 consumer. You should just enhance their experience. Yeah. Um, or at least if you are inconveniencing them, you should really enhance their experience. Yeah. Um, so so 
by selling it to corporates, that's what we were doing. We were enhancing their experience for free. Yeah. So they were able to go eat waste-free, bring the bowl back to where they came from because they were going back there anyway, and everything was sweet. You know, rinse it out, go again. So yeah. that was kind of the direction we went, and it was very basic. So that was – and we kind of – we ran with that for the next new company. little while. So then um, – so no, that wasn't a new company. So that yeah. was still reusable. Yeah. Um, that also um, – Greg and I got quite bored of that, honestly. Um, without big recurring revenue, you know, the bowls, people want more of them over time. They kind of break down because they're, they're a natural product. Yep. Um, so we collect them and compost them if they're ever broken or anything like that. But they're pretty strong. So it means that um, the business model was like, we're literally selling bowls. Yeah. And that's very far away from a network of subscription paying restaurants. Yeah. Um, we, you know, and back then we had all these ideas about apps and all this stuff, and now it was selling bowls. So um, we could calculate how much impact we were creating um, from an estimate, and that's great. But, um, but it, it didn't have the, it wasn't really a startup, you know, it didn't have that, it wasn't changing. Um, from from a business perspective, the high adrenaline stuff that you were no. looking for is yeah. that what you were looking for, or yeah. was it just like more repeatable something? Yeah, we, no, we were looking for high growth, recurring revenue. Yeah. You know, we were looking for kind of we were looking for SaaS kind of stuff or yeah. SaaS aligned kind of some s- subscriptiony ser- service thing. Yeah. But um, but what we had was a product sales, and you know, and and I don't think we either of us were really that into it we were into the impact that it was creating and that was cool but the business was unexciting f- from every other perspective yeah. um, um from for us it kind of got to the stage where we're like okay we can go out there and we can sell some bowls or we can look for another way to um, enjoy what we do every day because we yeah. like working together we've yeah. found a few you know elements and areas and sectors that we really like we've also found some pretty cool problems that we can go and attack yeah so why don't we just cherry pick a few of those and see where we get to which was um which is kind of where we got to with uh how we landed on fussy yeah actually so how did you land there talk me through that because first up man like it's good to have like say greg with his like skills and adult adulting ability as a lawyer <laughs> you know and like your background from where you've come from it's really good to bring people together that have different skill sets that can you know operate in a nice capacity and love you know love each other and yeah. you know not like come from a place of love and just say let's just have good interesting conversations but bring a different lens on how you look at things yeah and so did you find that having a lawyer with his sort of skills there helped to level you guys up or yeah I, th- I mean he's he's very rarely had to use his lawyering skills in a, in a traditional way you know like yeah. writing document we don't have that many we're yeah. not really you know we don't have too many staff and things like that we've got contractors and stuff but but yeah i think his approach yeah. um and as you mentioned as 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 a lawyer um is quite different to mine he's he's very thorough and um and 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 how he documents and um and gets decisions um, yeah. documented and like you know and and onboarding and and process yeah. and a lot of these things that just naturally come from being in big organizations truly mm. um, i've had very little experience in big organizations so my approach to that is if it's a slack message it's a document you know yeah. For, yeah. you know in some instances that was that was as far as some of my documenting would go um, i think he's really brought me up to be more professional in a lot of that yeah and and i think of maybe um lowered his ex- lowered his well of of lowered the barrier to entry to trying some things i think yeah. um whereas maybe previously uh 
uh, I can't really speak for him, but but I guess some people might, um, you know, might prepare and plan and and put the the perfect plan together, you know, yeah. and then we're going to go out and and this is going to be the result, and we're going to talk to this many people, and they're going to say this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to and then we'll launch this, and then we'll do that, and it's like a six month thing, right? Mm. Um, and then if it fails at step one, you've wasted two weeks creating a plan. Yeah. So so I think um, I've helped him. Fail uh, faster. Fail faster. Yeah, yeah, give it a crack. Not be ashamed about Buy it. Buy some either. fucking bowls from Briscoes and let's just get out there. Yeah, right? let's yeah. get out there. Whatever yeah. it is, if it represents a slither of the value that you're trying to recreate with your actual business, go and do it. You know, go and yep. give it a crack. Just try it. Go ask someone. But then after you ask them, go do it because people say and do very different yeah, things. You yeah. know, a survey is not going to show you much. To be completely honest, yep. um, just go out and give it a crack. Yeah, I think that's that's been a um, a really big. I, I mean, I'm quite practical as a person, so that so you know, if we need something built or, or tested or whatever, I'll just I'll just do it. Mm. Um, and I think that that's been a, um, I guess a something I can bring to Greg. That, that maybe he didn't have before and then he can bring a lot of the process on top of that once we've tested it, once we've tried it and once we know mm. it's a thing, then we're like, okay, cool. What do we learn? Let's put that down and then that's part of our proper process and then we go to the next level. So we've got this kind of nice symbiosis mm. of approaches coming together. Yeah. The reason why I asked you about that is because it comes up all the time, right, that people um, – they go out and choose founders that are very similar to them, and like a, it's almost like a, um, like a, who was it? Colin Powell from the U.S. Defense Force. You know, he says a team of yes men is a redundant team. You know, and I'm like a big believer in a, a team of yes people now is a redundant team for me. Like, and founders, if someone thinks like you, walks like you, talks like you, believes in someone like, like believes in the product as much as you do, everything about it, then. You know, they may not be the best co-founder for you. Like, they may be your best friend, right? And they you share the same values, and you may just get along so well, and it may be great. But also introduce yourself to the opinion, to the idea that getting someone that has different lens than you is going to level you each other up. You know, and that's going to exactly what you've just said then, right? You know, you get leveled up, Greg gets leveled up in terms of how to fail faster and get things out, and it just helps to, you know, bring a different skill set. And so, yeah, Com- cheers, man. Completely, yeah. They're the yeah, the team of yes men. It's I mean, having fans is great, right? <laughs> having fans is really fun, and you need encouragement. You do half the time. You know, I send this uh, uh, stakeholder update out to about seventy people now. I've just built a list of potential investors, advisors, experts, whatever. A big team of people that I consider their opinion to be valid, right? Or, do you, or do their you send advice. it to Mark Vivian? No, I don't. From Movac, he, talk, he talked about it on the podcast. That he's like, why don't more people send me like their market updates? They're like, why don't they send me their like, like their metrics in terms of yeah. their growth and what's happening? He's like, I want to know about them earlier so I can watch them. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll sorry, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll message him on LinkedIn yeah. and I'll give him a go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of a bunch of people like 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 Mark, I guess, yeah. um, who who I respect and have met along the way, and. You know, ninety percent of the time it's crickets. You know, no one's yeah. responding, and that's that's fine. I get it. People are busy, and this isn't their core work. Every now and then, though, you get like a woohoo or like a this is great or hey, I know this person. Honestly, that little woohoo, that little encouragement is just like great. You know that they've read something you've put time and effort into. Do you track your emails? Do you yeah, use it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you yeah. know that they're opening them at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a few that you're like, damn, I should just open that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, that's breaks my, as a recruiter, it breaks my heart. I'm like, I said, I craft this 
really fucking amazing email because I can't get them on the phone. I can't find anything. And then I just like watch it in my inbox going, <laughs> one day they'll open it yeah. and they'll realize this was the best fucking email I ever received. <laughs> they just missed a great opportunity. So far yeah. not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so then Fussy, right? Like yeah. how did you and Greg get to Fussy? Like what was the moment? Yeah. So yeah. So so we'd, this, we'd got to this realization. We'd tried plenty of things with Reusable and we thought, you know what? You know what? I think it's time to try something different. You know, we, we've, we've got to this point. We've been selling bowls to 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 corporates. We've, we, you know, people kind of like it. They do like it. They love it. We're creating impact. We're great. We're proud of it. Mm. Um, but we get to this point. We've 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 tried to. Um, we had a, a a board of advisors at the time, um, um, who who were kind of trying to direct us in certain ways. Um, I mean. I think at that stage we probably shouldn't have had a board of advisors. To be completely yeah. honest, it wasn't the right fit. Bit of overkill, but, but a little bit, a little yeah. bit of overkill. That's um, yeah, maybe that's another piece of advice we could talk about later. Um, but but the yeah the the at the time we were pitching all these new ideas like oh should we create you know an app for them to track their impact all this like superfluous stuff when yeah. the fundamental recurring revenue business model wasn't working in the way that we we had hoped and we wanted it to. So we started asking our clients because we we had access to them now, hey, what other problems have you got? Mm. And um, a lot of our um, clients tended to be, um, Reusable wasn't really a, an expensive purchase. You know, it's, it's, it sits somewhere in the office manager, EAPA, sustainability, HR area. It was actually quite hard to identify who was buying from us. But, but those were kind of the people, right? This yeah. cohort of people. Um, and, and so we asked those people, hey, what other problems do you have? And catering was like, without doubt, the, the most common answer. Yeah. So people said, oh, it's so stressful. We can't find, you know, we can't find decent catering. And what I was saying, like, what do you mean? Aren't there like decent catering companies out there? And, and there are, you know, they make great food. But most of the time, you know, people aren't impressed with it because they, they might not be able to eat it or there might be too much left over. So you're creating yeah. lots of waste or there's all these kind of issues with it. As um, someone that runs a few meetups here at our office every month, man, catering is hard. Yeah, if you've got like mountains of grapes and brie left over that you've got to, <laughs> you've got to eat for <laughs> the, lunch the, the next that day. All my team gets so, they're so lucky they get to eat that for lunch for the rest of the week because I'm such a nice boss. <laughs> yeah, at least, the, at least the drinks you can keep chilled for next time, right? <laughs> but yeah, all the food, all the food gets... Um, you know, most of it gets tossed out. Like yeah. people get over that stuff. Um, so we've got that on one hand with all the guests, like, you know, all the food, there's too much, too little, not right. There's so many issues there. And then on the other side, you've got this this person, this like this this person who's completed a thankless task of organizing it all. Yeah. And then everyone complains to you afterwards. And they've spent a lot of time. So we did a bunch of work discovering all of that out um, by just asking asking all these um, all these office managers mainly now because they were the targets yeah um, you know what is your what do you do for catering how do you access it? you know how long does it take you and apparently it was taking about two hours after we interviewed over 100 people and you know two hours to organize catering which is which is huge we thought um, and then everyone was complaining so we kind of put our heads together and we thought well, Actually, I've never liked catering that much either. I've got a dietary requirement, quite severe ones now given my disease. Yeah. Greg's got um, dietary requirements as well. So we're both sitting there going, 
Yeah, we've, this has affected us personally. Like, we're pretty passionate about this thing. Not, I mean, not that you typically need passion, but like, we've experienced the pain of it, you know? Yeah, you feel it, right? Yeah, we've felt it. So we're yeah. like, okay, this is a thing. And then, um, and then we thought, oh, we know a little bit about food, reusable. We know a little bit about our target audience. We've got a bunch of them already, over 100, you know, customers around New Zealand who stock mm. our products. Okay, um, how can we think about doing this? Um, so then, we tried at the start actually to fold it into reusable. Yeah. We thought, let's launch a catering business out of reusable. We're going to call it Cater. Um, we're going to. Did you spell Cater wrong? No. <laughs> yeah. K eight <laughs> R. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> um, so we. Uh, we just now traditional cater, so yeah. just just C A T E R, yeah. and we thought, oh, this is amazing. We'll just keep the same branding. We've got already a following, um, so we tried to do that. We actually tried to launch what's called a, a cloud canteen first. So that's where imagine if you as a as an employer, you signed up with us, um, and your staff could order lunch any day they want. Um, and you paid for it. Basically, yeah. you're providing lunch for your staff, and they can order every day. They've got to order, you know, the day before, and they get lunch for the day from a bunch of restaurants around town. Yeah. We make the menu. We do all the kind of the the light tech in the background, yeah. and then we pick it up and deliver it to you. Um, so we tried that. It didn't really work, mainly because the value proposition of reusable is very different to the value mm -hmm. proposition of what then was cater and what now is fussy. So Greg and I were like, damn it, it didn't work, you know. We, we didn't realize that, but at the time we are like, oh, it didn't work. People don't like it. Oh, catering's screwed now. What are we going to do? And then we kind of, uh, we realized, we, we interviewed a few people afterwards. Um, and one of them was like, oh, well, why don't you just focus on events? You know, like you're doing a lunch thing. And no, no one orders lunch in their office anyway. We're not in New yeah. York. We're not in London. You know, the, people walk outside in Wellington. It's fully, that's part of the culture. So, okay, um, so we tried a few events and then they worked really well. We were like, ah. Oh, something in this. There's something in this. So then we're like, okay, so it's more of an event thing. It's less of a lunch thing. And then so we started talking to the to the organizers and they were like, no, no, like you have no idea how much praise I got from our staff after they got to choose their own meal. Like that's the best catering we've ever done. Wow. And it was just like straight away resonating with people. So we're like, okay, there's a thing here. There's a thing here. So then um, all the while, right, we're, we're running Reusable. And we've got a bunch of investors who invested in Reusable who are like, oh, yeah, you must be selling bowls over there. What's that? You know, and we're telling them about what we're doing. Um, but then we realize that we, the value propositions are different and we really need to change it. We yeah. need to change something here. So... Um, we go through this hectic process of recapitalizing our shareholding, our, our yeah, kind of changing up our um, our cap table um, to kind of reflect moving forward into fussy instead of what reusable's so reflection you, was. So you didn't just close down reusable and say, "So we're out over here now doing fussy." So that was an option, but but. Um, I mean, we had to be open and transparent about what we were doing and how we were doing it. And there was also, you know, there's some money and some value left in reusable. There's, I mean, there still is. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, we wanted to not, you know, I mean, I guess at that time, the initial shareholders could have received 
cents on their dollar, you know, yeah. whatever it was at the time. Um, and some bowls. Or, and some bowls. And, and, and uh, now a 20-foot container, well, we sold it for you. We yeah. know. Um, but they could, you know, they've got a bit of this, a bit of that, and or we proposed plan B, you know, which was, hey, look, we're going to start a new company. Yeah. It's going to then, um, and you can be part of it if you believe in it. So it was actually really like a traditional startup pitch to our existing investors of a new company that we're building and we'd bring them in. Yeah. So there was a bit of a change up and some shareholdings changed to keep us, Greg and myself, more um, you know, uh, invested, yeah. I guess, um, and, and, uh, and adjusted it to, to, to reflect the ongoing future of what Fussy could become. Yeah. So that was, I mean, in itself, that process was a three-month kind of negotiation between everyone. Got there in the end. Really, really lucky that we were fully transparent and open, and we had had to for that man. Had to. Yeah, I have. Yeah, the, the like the. I've heard that story a lot before, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't usually go that way. Oh no, I mean, I've yeah. It's normally like, so I was, you know, it didn't work out. Closed down the business. A couple of weeks later, oh, we've got this new little thing mm-hmm. just just dawned on us right now, so we're going to set it up, even though we've spent the last six months working on it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's the option that comes to mind immediately, right? You're like, oh, I'm chomping at a bit. I want to get this thing off the ground, but I've got yeah. this. I've got this thing. I mean, it doesn't feel old to everyone probably listening, like a year old, year and a half old company closing down to start a new one, right? It doesn't feel feel like like we've been in it that long, but 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 when you've got something new ready to go and you and your co-founder are like absolutely fizzing for it it feels like that was 10 years ago yeah. you know that old thing so um and it's holding you back and it's holding you completely holding you it's draining yeah. your energy and your time and ex- explaining this to um to you know investors and then co-founders and stuff who were there at reusable was 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 a careful task um but but i'm very proud of the way that we were transparent and thoughtful and and went and the way that we went about it and we're all friends and we still have investors involved in fussy that were in reusable and 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 it did go like honestly way smoother than we thought which we're very lucky to yeah. it for it to have gone that way because as you say yeah i've met lots of people where it hasn't yeah um, new zealand's tiny we need to be we need to be mindful look, and careful right i think and this is where we need to protect attempts not like failure i'm trying to re- remove the word and i keep saying this but i'm trying to change the vernacular to say attempt instead of failure right um this is where i think we need to protect founders that have gone out and tried something it hasn't worked they've taken a shot missed like their shots missed but then they've got another idea but the information that they've garnered in that attempt, like the information that you went through in the process that you went through with the user, but got you to the point to get to Fussy, right? Yeah. And so they're investing on a year and a half of knowledge gathering for the new company. And sometimes the, like the dots start, you know, you start ticking the dots and crossing the T's, et cetera, on the next venture only because of what's happened over the last sort of 18 months. And so I think if you can carry that integrity on your back into a conversation to say, hey, we're re-upping, we're doing this, you know, uh, only good things can come of it. So, absolutely, yeah. The yeah, it's it's it's. We should absolutely celebrate attempts. You're exactly right. There's there's. Uh, what do you know? People, how, do you know how Airbnb started? Have you heard their story? Or didn't they launch like five times or something crazy? Yeah. Yeah, but before that, they created a product. Um, Obama owes. Oh c- yeah. Cereal. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
and then off the back of the cereal That's and right. his fuck ups with everything else, yeah. the Y Combinator said, um, "Hey, why don't you come in and let's chat about this so weird funny. Airbnb thing because I like what you did with the bummos." And so, I, you know, no ideas are that crazy. You know, I, I think inviting all those ideas in and giving them a bit of bit of bit of airtime is quite important. It's you know, radical ideas are the ones that are often successful, but they seem crazy at the start. Yeah. So like obviously Obama owes us absolutely nuts, but 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 you know, it caused enough of a wave and inspire was inspiring enough to somebody who gave them a shot and look at them now. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. I th- I think you're exactly right. So yeah. so fussy, right? So people yep. that are listening to this right now that are like, holy fuck, this origin story is amazing. You still haven't even really told me what Fussy's doing now. Tell me what it is in your elevator pitch. Great, yeah. So Fussy is a personalized catering service. So we empower guests at events to order their own meal from restaurants. So we're a technology platform. We have... Um, a, so what, what events say my wedding, for example? I'm not getting married if we're... I mean, we're, gonna, we're building up to yeah. your wedding. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got a few inquiries about weddings recently. So uh, for us, it's a combination of the right vendors yeah. Um, and, yeah, the, the right vendors, the right packaging, um, and our technology can, can really... Can really um, Solve it all. There's no, there's no real limit to the to the amount of meals we can do. Yeah. Um, we can just add a few more vendors on. So, so right now, we mainly focus on lunchtime for corporates. Yeah. Because that's the 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 most catering that happens in big a city. Government departments have host big things, right? They usually just get scones and sandwiches from wherever they've been. Yeah. So now I can order like Noodle Plus or Taste of Home. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So 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 we work in in a kind of a clustered way. Which means that if you've got an event down the uh, Lambton Key end of town, you'll get a different variety of restaurants that are right next to each other. Yeah. So it's easier for us to collect and deliver them. Yeah. Then somebody who, say, in your office here, Talon Army, if you order um, catering for an event here, then you'll get a cluster, probably Willis Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's the closest bunch of restaurants that are on our menus. Yeah. And then based on what budget you choose, um, we send you a curated menu. Based, you know, based on your location, time, and budget, you'll get a set of meals, and then you send that link to your guests. They order; it arrives in reusable packaging, reusables yeah. <laughs> for now, um, with a label with their name on it and the dietary requirements. And everybody can, you know, you can edit your food, you can request certain things. So, so it ends up being. It takes five minutes to fill out the form for you and send off the email to your guests. You yeah. can add it to your email invite, whatever you whatever you like. Um, and then everybody gets their their own meal that they ordered. So everybody's much happier because Man, they can eat it. Board meetings, right? Like, yeah. oh, holy shit, dude, yeah. the amount of board meetings that I've said, like, you know, like if I have to have another stupid ham and cheese little triangle sandwich <laughs> when I go to a board meeting. But what know. cheese is that? Yeah. Like, I don't know where they get plastic, the cheese. Plastic cheese. I, it's, but it's like... It's like the kind of sliced cheese, but it's like really white. Is it like this weird cream cheese? I don't know. It's nobody likes that stuff. Yeah, no. Oh, that's man, that's exciting. I, I, mm. And so, how far on the journey are you? Yeah, so we're pretty new, right? So, so at the end of last year uh, in November, Greg and I, after our big communications and transition and stuff like that, Greg and myself, we sat in a room. And we nutted out what the brand would be. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of put our values together and um, personal ones and thought, hey, how does this tie into the world of 
of our new co, you know? We know kind of the fundamentals of it, but like, what is its voice? What does it sound like? Who is it as a person? You know, all this stuff. And that was actually a really eye-opening experience. I loved it. We both loved that bit, the brand building bit. And we came out with... Um, you do it all yourself? Or did you get bring in help? Right, for the start, we did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we built this. If you go back and have a look at it so at our old website, you'd lose it. So it was completely built on Canva yeah. um, over a, about a seven-hour period. Um, the brand, the website, um, all the information with stock images. Yeah, it's, how can you just tell that they're stock? Eh? It's so weird. Anyway, all these stock images, um, and um, and we we were like, okay, well then let's launch this to the world. So so our our tech stack, our very technical stack was um, was made up of Google Sheets, Airtable, Jotform, which is like some fancy form. Kind of, it's like a bad type form. Like yeah. it's, it's even worse. Um, um, but they have really awesome capabilities of like payments and yeah. like and menus and stuff. So we had that. What else did we have? We had a few like MailChimp, a few other automated kind of. Oh, and it was all tied together with uh, Make Integromat, which is like Zapier. You know, one of those yeah. like linking. So you just kits. branded it low code, right? You were like, yeah. yeah, we built this low code solution fully. Yeah, and like they were getting automated emails with all this weird stuff on it. Like, oh, it was it was honestly, I don't know how people paid for that. It was it was crazy, but they were. So we just launched that in November 14, actually. Went out there. Um, We didn't exactly hit the Christmas rush. Like, it wasn't super explosive, but, like, people who ordered came back immediately. Like, you know, oh, we've got another event next week. Cool, let's go. So um, it was, we we immediately saw the repeat order rate, and that was very encouraging. And it wasn't just our mates anymore. You know, it wasn't just the customers anymore. They were telling their friends. So then we thought, oh, okay, something's something's happening. And then in about February, oh, about January actually, Greg and I took a look at our numbers and and what was happening, and we thought, okay, this is worth a bit more energy and a bit more time. Let's mm. let's um, let's build our own platform. You know, I think we know the elements of what we want now. So let let's go. So we'd gone from MVP and MVB, minimum viable brand. Yeah, big fan of minimum viable brands. Hey, I'm a camper extraordinaire over here. Yes, it's like just just whip it up and get it out there, right, and try it. Absolutely. I, I mean, getting it out there, getting feedback, and trialing it is super key. Obviously, there are professionals who do the the big branding proper mm-hmm. stuff, which like completely will tell you not to do what we do. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah. tell us not to. But if like. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to spend you know five ten grand on a brand that's going to fail and and, and could fail in a month, you know. Yeah. So so we need to do that first. So we did that. We then um we then thought okay, well we we need a better brand because we want it to look a bit sexier. We need a better website. We need a platform. So then we spent the last kind of February March, uh, j- half of January then February March doing that and we've got an incredible um, incredible guy Nick Highland who um, is our developer Nick, is he X Nick Highland so he's founder of Flamingo Scooters yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly um, we, we work with Nick when amazing he had Flamingo guy. I think we helped him with a couple of people yeah, yeah. amazing guy like yeah yeah he's so he's we're very grateful to have him um, as developing this with us, yeah. Um, so he's been putting that together, and you know, like, I mean, he's got his full time. <laughs> he runs his own company, which yeah. is really successful and doing really well, and you know, launching all over the place. And then, kind of, kind of um, 
at night building this with us, which is incredible. And, and you know, we're blown away at the progress he makes all the time. So we get that together. Um, we go up to Obvious. Um, we go see Karen and, and the yeah. team at Obvious, and, and we talk to them about the brand. They they are fully into it. You know, they get it. They love the name Fussy. They think it's the greatest. And then so they, you know, they do us justice and put put a brand around it. And it, like, I think it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and I like a, that. I love your like your brand, man. Like, this, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's one. That's one thing we've we've really um, shout out to Kieran at Obvious Partners. Like, yeah. like lovely guy doing yeah. hard work out there, socializing, chatting with people, telling stories, building brands, and so and having fun. You know, I think mm. I think one thing that I noticed about Kieran is that he, um, you know, he, he, yeah, he works hard, and his team are really good. I mean, we're 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 happy customers but also he's having a joke and you know he's having a good time about it and you know he was he was at the at the meetup the other week and we're having a beer and you know it was it's all you know it's not too it's not too all all business you know it's, yeah. it's quite a lot of quite a lot of fun um but one thing one thing i one thing that they gave us which was the importance of brand and they really showed yeah. us how important it was and greg and i both have been doing a lot of reading on brand um we read we'd recently read on demand, uh, or no, sorry, um, future demand, which is uh, written by James Herman, um, mm. and and that book around brand and and brand building and how startups often miss that and they pay for performance marketing, which is important too, but but brand building and awareness building is really important. Mm. Really hit home with us and Greg and I are like, you know, we're into that. We've brought into that now, so we think that that can be our massive moat for us. If you think about, I mean. I asked of a group of people which caterers, um, you know, who comes to mind when you think of catering? I had almost as many answers as there were people. Mm. And we want to be what, who you think of. You know, we want everyone to say fussy. Yeah. And so how do you do that? You build an amazing brand that resonates with people. Ob- obviously, we're going to build great experiences because otherwise our company's shit. Yeah. But we want to build a great brand as well to sit on top of that. And when we look at other brands, other catering brands, you know, the, they're all about forks and food, and and it's it's you could, I mean, you could, <laughs> if you made it up, that's what the brand would be. You know, yeah. pe- pe- if you think about it and you hear it about catering, you're like, oh, yep, that's that's what they've done. You know, most people are just like this fancy food, this this fork here, this this there, this napkin there, and it's it's kind of all the same coloring. It's all black and white. Yeah, you and know, red you and blue. sound like a Gen Z person telling an old catering company, we don't use emojis anymore. We do fancy brands that move fast, and we don't have forks, knives, mate. <laughs> and it's all reusable. Yeah, yeah, we're like we're moving so fast over here without our emoji use, you guys. Um, no, I, I totally get that, man. Like, I instantly, my mind goes to, like, Ruth Pretty catering and, like, in, the, yeah. in my mind. And, like, I, you know, like, I've been sharing this journey with you guys. I've been watching it online, you know, and mm-hmm. learning and reading about it each week. And I don't get the emails. I'm not that important. But, you know, like, Mark and Mark, Mark and relay them to me in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'm you make me build brand attraction, right? Because mm. I'm like I'm curious about it and I believe in the story and then I see it and it's emotive and it feels like I'm a part of something, you know. And so and when I see the logo it feels to me like approachable, mm. you know, is the feeling that I get fun, you know, is the feeling yeah. that I get and fast, you know. And so um yeah, man, I think brands are so important. So yeah. important. At this early stage as well, I think it was it was really important to use the, you know, the communities or the or the crowds that we had already built. So yeah. I'd already had 
a little bit of a crowd on LinkedIn and I just started meeting people. I'd like to meet people each week anyway, right? Yeah. And then so I thought, okay, well, I want to build in public this time because I think that if I had seen someone build in public previously, it would have helped me. Yeah. Um. So there's there's a bit of that, but there's also this accountability piece for me. Mm. So if I'm posting every week about the stuff I've done, the people I've met, and the progress we're having, or not, sometimes you have a shit week and you talk about it, and 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 I think by posting some of that stuff, we're reaching a few more people. We're being really approachable, or I am as myself, and and it reflects hopefully well on the business, and I think it really has. You know, we we've seen a a bit of a following now um, coming on to every week, you know, that they'll like or, 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 or kind of comment on the posts and, yeah. and, and, and Fussy's in there and people are liking it and, and we're getting direct messages about Fussy and we've got a few sales from it and not that that's the, you know, main goal to get like a sale every post or whatever. There's no metric around that right now. But I think it just helps build that story and, and as you say, then that's part of the brand as well and part of the whole story in itself. Have you read the book Raving Fans? No, not yet. Really good one. I Is encourage that? you to do it, right? Um, that, that's for me what I think, you know, what you're doing at Fossey, right? Like you're starting to build these people that are raving fans and raving fans talk about you with other people. You know, they bring you on and they're like, oh, I, I, want, you know, I want you to do well. So I'm going to bring you on my podcast and talk about this because I like what you're doing, right? Yeah. And so, and you come to meetups and you talk to these people and then they start talking about you. And so that's what I've always wanted my brands to be, like any company that I do. I just want people to be, talking like taking my brand taking what i'm saying and going i care enough about that person or that brand to to like escalate that to the next generation of people as well mm. so yeah yeah it's it's one of those interesting things where even if i haven't used the service you know i mean talent army right we, we haven't we i mean i've never professionally worked with your team yeah. but if someone was looking at like you know for your services i'd recommend you because i know you now and you're in wellington and i know your brand and yeah. you do this cool startup so well, recommend, recommend dom he's better than me recommend, yeah, okay. so, <laughs> yeah. so i'll get dom on the job you know yeah. and 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 it would be um you know and that's just because i recognize your team just from being out and about and you you interact with with us, and we're not strangers anymore. And it's easier to recommend people you know yeah. than a blank slate of people you don't. So yeah. you're, I think you're, yeah, you're right. That raving fans. I should read that book. It's a good one, man. Hey, so I said recommend Don, but he's now saying that we need to wrap up. He's giving me the five things, so I probably don't recommend him anymore. He's <laughs> trying to kick you off. So that means that I sort of have to wrap things up. Cool. So if people want to learn more about Fussy, yeah, where should they go? Yeah. So if people want to learn about Fussy, uh, head to wefussy.com if you want some catering or you just want to check it out um, or follow follow me Bobby Lloyd on LinkedIn yeah. um, and Fussy on LinkedIn so yeah, or yeah, connect just fucking just, just connect, connect get with in me there. Yeah, just yeah. send me a connection yeah. I'm, I'm probably gonna accept <laughs> yeah 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 oh, i mean look i'm a recruiter right that's my job yeah and so hey so i've changed up the question i'm not sure if you've heard the last three episodes that were released yet but um you know of season two um or seen the last question but if you have you will know that the new question now is what's the one nugget of information that you want people to see in the show notes and share whether it be a book whether it be a link to a you know, a website, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a newsletter, whether it be something like what's something that you're like, oh, fuck that. That for me was a bit of a game changer. Mm. Everyone should go off and read that book or that website or that thing is a like game changer. Yeah. This one's probably a little bit more specific to those just starting, but I think others could 
could find value in it too. But it is that book I mentioned before, which is Future Demand by James Herman. Yeah. Very easy book to read. At, you know, you could flip through it in your afternoon. And I keep it next to the next next to me on the desk because there are so many good nuggets in there. And yeah. I think written from a Kiwi is very helpful to read as a Kiwi founder because he seems to remove a bit of tall poppy in there, yeah. which which invades a lot of Kiwi founders. Um, and I, yeah, I just think the importance of brand that I got from that and that Greg and I both got from that completely changed our approach to launching Fussy. Awesome, that's good. Yeah, like uh, when you mentioned it before, I mentally put it in my head, but now I have it in the show notes and cool. here it is here, Jono. I keep doing this to poor Jono. Yeah, <laughs> you can put it in your hand instead of my hand. Um, thanks, Jono. Awesome, man. Hey, this is, I really love this chat. Um, like for me, uh, I think when people just come on and they're just like, hey, these are things that went really well. These are things that we fucked up. This is what I learned. And this is how I'm really excited about my next thing. Like they're the companies that I, when my, my personal investments, I want to see that people have been through a few journeys. I want to mm-hmm. see that they've, um, they've come out with integrity. You know, like um, it's important for me that we champion these people that are taking risks to start a business because it's only when you start a business, you know, you realize on your birthday, sadly, sometimes, yeah, fuck, this is hard, you know, yeah. and I've, I've learned a lot and I've failed fast or I've done this and I've pushed myself. And so, man, awesome story. Really enjoyed it. I think lots of people really enjoyed it as well. And so thanks. thanks for coming in and sharing it, man. No, I really appreciate it. It's been great. And yeah, really support what you guys are doing. It's been, yeah. You've got some amazing guests. So I'm very privileged and, and, and yeah, very happy to be here. You're awesome, man. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a raving fan. Cool. And uh, I think the, the title of this podcast is going to be like adulting hard. <laughs> <laughs> Adult harder. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, brother. Cheers. That was a fun podcast. I really enjoyed chatting with Bobby. He's a like a typical Kiwi guy, you know, like I just – just felt like he was exactly the person in person that he has been online and who I've been connected to. And it was just a fun chat. I I hope that you enjoyed that. I hope that you're adulting harder now because of it. And I hope that you are subscribing to the podcast because we are starting to really blow up and you can be one of the early adopters where you tell people that I was on the journey from the start. I'm an OG to the WFLS. And so thank you so much for watching or listening and see you on the next one. This podcast is produced by John Otaka from Empire Films.